Hi, welcome to uh, season 12. We um, are interested in investigating what we've seen, which um, recently Pfizer announced that they're going to cut their sales staff um, because there's more meetings that are now remote with the doctors. And so they're, they're going to make this a major shift. Um, and we, we think that this is a trend that we're going to see with a lot of our, our clients over time in different ways. So we, we think that it will have um, the impact will be what happens with sales and marketing and the roles that they play. So I'm Mary Abazia and I have Tom Spitali and Sean Wellam, and we're looking forward to delving into this with you. Tom, do you want to start, uh, talk a little bit more about what you're thinking with this? Yeah, the, the thing that was, you know, really surprising to all of us about Pfizer cutting the sales forces was during a record sales year. Their partnership with BioNTech and making the, you know, one of the, the few COVID vaccines ballooned their sales. And so typically and historically what that's meant for pharmaceutical companies is investing more in the sales force. So this idea of shrinking the sales force was really surprising. Um, but in the article that, um, you know, the, the tipped us off about this whole thing, Pfizer talked about the reasoning behind this and it was pretty telling. They said, after the pandemic, they feel like doctors are going to want to maintain more virtual meetings than in-person meetings. They didn't say less meetings overall. They just said that they, they, they see this trend where um, doctors have gotten used to the benefits of virtual meetings with their pharmaceutical rep. They feel like they're gonna want to make that a permanent change. And so, it got us to thinking about how that could impact marketing, but even more broadly, the entire commercial function. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things we think that this is going to lead to and, um, you know, changing what we're calling the commercialization function, um, maybe permanently. Sean, what's the, some of the things that you see happening as a result of this? Well, I think first thing I'd like to say is that the often the case where something happens for reasons of efficiency um, but has a consequence that goes beyond the initial reason for doing it. So you could argue that Pfizer's decision is based a lot on um, running a more efficient sales operation. If you're doing everything virtually, you're going to need less people. There's less travel time. There's less flights involved. There's less um, scheduling conflicts. It's easier to reschedule meetings. So the whole thing becomes a lot less labor intensive. So the driver might be efficiency, but I think the consequence, well, first of all, I'd have to say this. I, I also think it will be a long-term reset, the virtual meetings versus face-to-face, -face. but I've been around long enough to know that sometimes these shifts just create a new competitive advantage of being the people that still do face-to-face, -face, right? I think it won't be a, a hard stop. I think it will evolve as people experiment with different models and maybe a hybrid or two. But if we assume that the, 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 the virtual is going to win and be the future of most sales interactions, I think that the biggest thing it does is, is, well, I think there's two equally important things. One is it changes the dynamic between the salesperson and the prospect or customer no longer in the context of a room or an office, they're, they're, they're on a screen. So you've got that little bit of real estate to promote more effectively, to use more tools 
to demonstrate your product, to show relevant information, be that through explainer videos or software demos or videos or what have you, you've got the, their attention focused on a screen that changes the, the, the possibilities. And the other thing it does is it opens up that world to more of the people that need to see how real customers and prospects actually are, what the reality of the sales exchange is. You can record these calls with permission. You can actually have people join the calls. It's perfectly fine to say I'm joined today by Bill from our, our marketing department. You know, more the merrier. There's no incremental cost to adding people. So you get the exposure and people get to see the reality. The more you see reality, the more you react. So there's two things that the interaction based on the, the dynamic of a face of, a, of an online meeting and the ability to engage with more people at low cost to see the reality of customers, to educate, inform, and help the whole business become smarter as to what really matters for customers. Two broad strokes, but I think they're the biggies. Yeah, I, I like where you're going. I want to, one of the earlier points about, you know, it won't be a hard stop or a hard start to it. You know, when we talk to some of our medical device friends, we ask them about it and they think it'll take longer because so much of their sales interaction is actually being in the OR, helping with a procedure. So, you know, that's a little bit harder to do remote. So, you know, depending on your business, there will be different um different levels of, of this adoption occurring. But um, what is really cool, I think about it from the eyes of the customer, is that you're right, Sean, they now can have a real expert join them, somebody internally, maybe they need to talk to, you know, the lead scientist on something. They certainly have that access now. Um, or if there's an external, you know, even other customers, you could bring customers, customers in if there's a discussion that's relevant. So, you know, it really does open up opportunities to create a better dialogue. You know, you still have to have that personal touch, but could you have a better dialogue with the right people in the quote unquote virtual room? So we, we think a lot about in terms of marketing uh, and how these things are going to impact the marketing function. And one of the interesting things that we've noticed is that a lot of times when we're talking to sales reps and they complain about the help they get from marketing. Their, 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 their complaint is marketing doesn't understand the sales process. And what this unprecedented number of virtual meetings, and Sean, you mentioned that the ability to record those meetings is going to create is an ability for not just marketing, but everybody in the organization to be more realistic about what really goes on in the sales call. I think it's really uh, notable that the last two really famous sales methodologies that I'm aware of, um, the champion, or I'm sorry, the challenger sale and the uh, spin selling, both of those were based upon companies painstakingly looking and, and, and getting permission to attend live sales calls and documenting what went on there. What we're going to see is this explosion of the ability to record sales calls and the ability for artificial intelligence to kind of analyze those calls, what goes well, what doesn't go well. And I think the whole organization is going to understand at a, 
at a whole new level what really does and doesn't work in sales. And so bringing this back full circle to marketing, it's going to be pretty difficult to not understand what works in sales. And I think that marketing is going to have this new ability to really plug into the sales process and do what they do so well, whether that be helping the sales force to segment customers uh, a little bit better, you know, providing the kinds of collateral, Sean, that you were talking about is going to be available at the touch of a button a lot easier than if you, you know, were in a, in a live sales call having to, you know, bring things or depend upon a, you know, an internet connection, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So these are the kinds of things that we see, at least I see happening, that's going to make marketing more integrated into the sales function. There's another aspect too, which we, we should also mention that the, um, Everything we've said so far is, is, is a huge benefit, a huge opportunity. But the other thing, looking at the Salesforce, Salesforce effectiveness has been an area that, that has been invested in and talked about. You mentioned a couple of the methodologies. The unknown quantity is always you, you can train your salespeople. You can, you can agree a sort of message template, uh, an offer. You can um, give them the tools and skills you believe they need to do their job effectively but you never know how it's actually done because if you're there, you've got that observer bias where you can't observe something without it being impacted by the fact that you're observing it. Just, just see what I mean. You, 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 you change the dynamic. You, you do a sales call. This is my sales manager with me today. You know, that's going to be a different interaction than if you were sat there on, on your own. So it gives us that reality check. If a message that has been concocted with the commercial teams, the sales and marketing are saying, this is our offer, this is our proposition, this is our positioning, you can see if it's being delivered efficiently and effectively. And if it is, is it being rejected and we need to rethink? Or do we need to rethink how we get this more front and center? Are we handling the objections in the way that we've been taught and trained to do? Are we finding the right elements of pain that map to the solutions that our product or service has? Have we tied together the outcomes with the, the execute? All that stuff enables us, and we should talk about this in, in, in future episodes in this season. Yes, we're traditionally a, a strategic marketing company, but over the years, we've evolved very much into a commercial execution business because the amount of salespeople that we've worked with to try and cover that last mile between the idea and the customer. And I think it's really important that this gives a great opportunity for improving the sales interaction, as well as improving the collateral and the support that goes into it. Yeah, I think another element that marketing brings into this is we like to think of marketers as the orchestrators, you know, of the company's value proposition, that function that sits in between the company's capabilities and the customer and figures out you know, how the value proposition can be optimized. In this case, you know, you see, we see marketing having a real opportunity to help optimize the sales process in collaboration with their sales partners, right? Figuring out what situations call for which internal or external experts kind of helping sales map that process that says, all right, you know, I need to ask these questions to find out, you know, what the pain points are for the customer, as you mentioned, Sean, 
And that leads to a process where we bring in these subject matter experts or these, you know, customer references, you know, et cetera. Mapping that whole process is, is going to, we think, be something that is, is in the sweet spot of, of marketing. And again, is going to allow them to be more practical and practically helpful in the sales environment. The way I see that is like it, it, it's like a virtuous circle with this opportunity, this virtual sales meeting opportunity will help sales be better supported by marketing because of the relevancy of the effort they do, but also marketing to be more supported by sales by having more accurate, reality-based customer data. Because we all know that people will answer a question, do you prefer A, B, or C, or out of 10, how would you, you know, net promoter score stuff? You'll get the data in, but there's no substitute for observing. We, we, we say this in our market research elements. You, you can ask customers, but usually the most insight you'll ever get is by watching customers. And this is a sort of equivalent of that. So it's not so much that, that, that this is an opportunity to improve sales or marketing. It's, it's this, this connection. This is like the very fact of how things have changed will enable marketing to better support sales and sales to better inform marketing. And so the circle turns. For those that choose to grab the opportunity, I don't think it'll happen without a, a, an effort. I think it needs to be a strategic decision that businesses make to leverage the opportunity. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, in the middle of all that, that flywheel, if you will, is who's responsible. Because, you know, as we've seen is this is a great opportunity for sales and marketing and, and the other functions to really serve the customer well. But um, it either is like it's going to work really well because it seems like it should be symbiotic or it'll just blow apart because sales will, you know, continue to say this is my territory. And even if it's virtual and marketing will go, well, this is my job. So I don't, you know, sometimes what we see in organizations is you have somebody that is the head of both sales and marketing, and they're the great unifier that says, you guys, this is how you're going to work together. But I, I think that there needs to be a clear process, a way that, you know, a method of operating moving forward for how the two will work. And it's different than the past. So it'll be important for, for that alignment to occur, to have alignment meetings about how they're going to work together. Yeah, it's, it's a CEO initiative, isn't it? Ultimately, it, it's got to be because there's so many um, potential departments that feed into this commercial execution. This has to be a CEO initiative of saying, we need to make this work. I, I, I used to uh, have a boss that used to use the phrase, what, what interests my boss fascinates me. And I think it's true. <laughs> if you can get the CEO to be interested in this opportunity, then everyone else will fall in line. But without that support, this is one of those few that we can speak to marketing heads about improving marketing and we can speak to sales heads about improving sales. The age old question of how do you get these two really critical functions together has to go one level up. Or maybe there's a commercial, a, 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 a chief commercial officer in, in bid. Maybe that's a role that we should advocate for. And, and, and what we're saying, I think, is that the pandemic has, um, you know, remove the barrier of like time and space <laughs> that, that made this a little bit difficult to happen. There's this like almost maybe real, maybe artificial barrier between marketing and sales that said that sales went out 
and really heard what customers want and they came back and, and, and marketing, you know, gave advice that just wasn't practical. So this, this trend towards these virtual meetings, the ability to record them kind of removes that barrier. And so it's still up to the organizations and the leadership to recognize the opportunity and make it, and make it happen. But we see it as a real, real opportunity, real good opportunity for those who figure it out. Any commercial opportunity, uh, you know, the spoils are going to go to the, the people that move the quickest. And there's an opportunity here for many businesses to say, this is the time to look at this integrated commercialization, this, this virtuous circle of, of, of customer sales, marketing, product pricing, all spiraling up, making things better for everyone concerned. Don't forget, this is not just about extracting more value from the customers it's about delivering more value it's about value creation as well as the value capture it literally could be a win-win-win if we take the customer sales and marketing it's a huge opportunity i'm looking forward to getting into this topic i I like the idea of uh, spiraling up i usually think of spiraling down but that's kind of a a cool way of thinking of this that's the new that's the new glass half full glass half empty (laughs) Oh, spiral, spiral up. I'm going to spiral up today. Which direction um, does the spiral go? That's that's going to be, that'd be a good golden question to see someone's outlook. Spiral, <laughs> up or down? Um, so we obviously are just opening the top of this topic. Um, we do want to investigate more about the roles, about how the marketing process actually occurs with segmentation and all the way through to benefit SOT. You know, what are ways that companies can really leverage this opportunity better all the way to the P&L? So we hope that you'll join us for the next episodes of this uh, of this season. And anytime, send us a quick note. We'd love to, to get your feedback so that we can make sure that we're really even thinking about this as broadly as we can. So thank you very much.